Welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host Rafe Houston and it has been a hot second since I've been back. The world has been ending. Uh, everything's been going crazy in our tiny bubble in Perth, West Australia. We just got locked down again. Uh, so yeah, we've just been kind of organising everything in our life. So um I just wanted to jump straight in here. Travis and I have got lots to catch up on, but we're not going to be doing that now. Um, I'm quickly going to touch in with him. We're going to see how he's been going, and then we're going to jump straight into our immediate reaction to the Impact Rebellion review. What's up, Trav? I'm back, baby. He's back. We've been wanting to do like a big kind of wrap-up and stuff for the New Japan Cup. Uh, We've been wanting to do different things, but to be honest, (laughs) it sort of left me... I don't know, all the stuff that was happening like in social media and things like that left me with a bit, bit of a bitter taste in my mouth uh, with the entire thing. So I'm kind of washing my hands of talking about it for now. Um, obviously, they have a new champion and everything, and that's all cool, and I'll cover it another time. We're not here to talk about that. What are we here to I talk about? you just didn't want to talk about New Japan because of that fucking belt. Oh, well... Yeah. Look, don't get me started. I, I said this to somebody the other day. Okay, I am going to go on a tangent about it real quick. I said this to somebody the other day. I don't hate the belt. I just hate it compared to the last belt, if that makes sense. I feel like the the last IWGP Heavyweight Championship was maybe the most perfect belt around. Like, it, it was it was great. It didn't need to be changed. So the new one, I, I hate it compared to that. But, like, just on its own... As like a New Japan title, I don't hate it to see it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I hundred percent know what you mean. I that that belt looked so good, and to be replaced by the belt version of Cody's Nightmare Factory <laughs> tattoo, rough family tattoo, rough, <laughs> pretty uh, pretty rough. I did but. enjoy the unveiling of the belt though, because then the sweet Japanese businessmen were taking you through why all the decisions were made. And they were like, and this part represents this belt. And then these flames represent this. And the five gems are the five decades. Like, And I was like, this is all very sweet. And I like all the reasoning behind it, but it's all too overthought. And the last belt was still the best belt ever. So, And then they uh, went on a hot streak and came out with that super shit looking New Japan strong belt as well. Oh yeah, that that's rough as well. They're becoming the WWE with their logo belts. But anyway, let's yeah. move on. Anyway, because, uh, yeah, we're getting on it. That's not what we're here to talk about. What we are here to talk about is that it's 12.17 p.m. Uh, it's a Monday public holiday, but also a lockdown. Our long uh, long weekend was uh, locked down with a COVID outbreak. We don't know if we're going back to work tomorrow, but what we have done is cracked a drink each. We spent the morning watching the Impact Rebellion pay-per-view, and we're going to talk about it right now. So let's just kick it off from Jump Street. Do you think we start at the top and work our way back, or do you want to start at the bottom and work your way up? I think we just start. Go chronologically. Go chronologically. All right, X Division match. Freeway first. All right. Well, there's going to be a lot of laces and heels heels talk when it comes to this, because there were some Lukes going on here. Uh, immediate thoughts. The very first thing we see is TJP coming through the uh, curtain carrying a broom. Uh, what do you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it was a, an interesting way to start the uh, start the night out. Just, I don't know if he was showing throwing shade or if he's. Uh, I mean, he seems like such a smart ass that it can't not have been. Yeah, throwing shade at Kenny. Exactly. I think trying to be the cleaner. Yeah, I th- I think I read something about it's like a. 
something to do with the Philippines, like a traditional Philippines thing. So, I mean, there is something to be said with that. Though maybe there is a coincidence that it happened all the to just to bust it out. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Unless I mean, we don't watch Impact all the time. Maybe he's been carrying that thing around for weeks, and we don't know. So I don't know. I feel like it, it, it's a little bit of a you know a reference to Kenny. So maybe he's just trying to get his shit in a little bit. Um, mm. I thought the match was killer, man. Like the X Division stuff is always good. Um, TJP's so talented. Uh, we were saying uh, I kind of prefer him as Manic, to be honest. Uh, I think it's like a cool-looking superhero gimmick, and he kind of gets out of his own way a little bit um, with that. Uh, the walking weapon, uh, Alexander, is exactly that. He's an absolute beast, and Ace Austin is like so talented and seems to get like better literally every time I see him. Mm. Yes. No, I'd, oh, I don't know if there was a weak spot out of the three of them. Maybe it's just TJP. Like, dude seems like a bit of a douche, but... He's a phenomenal in-ring guy. Yeah, in the um, in the ring, I don't think there was any weaknesses at all. I thought that was like three guys like at the top of their game in the ring, and I, I really enjoyed the match and uh, yeah. all the near falls and you know and combinations and stuff. I feel like they do Impact does like the X Division multi man stuff really well. I've seen like quite a few different yeah. combinations of three man and four man X Division stuff, and it's always done really good. And never really feels like one guy's having a nap outside while two guys wrestle. There's always interesting combinations, you know? There was a couple of moments where, like, and it always seemed to be Josh Alexander, which is, I think, is why I kind of paid attention to it a little bit more. Uh But he'd cop, like, the weakest of elbows to the face and then drop to a knee on the other side of the ring. Oh, really? I mean... (laughs) What are you gonna do? I was maybe caught was up in it. Like, I was also just was one in like so. the first fifteen seconds of the match. Oh, was it? Jesus. Okay then. Jesus. But uh, but no, it was it was a good match. Yeah. Uh, Josh Alexander's finisher looks brutal. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't a it. huge amount of um, oh, two guys wait outside while the other guy jumps the top rope. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting real sick of that. <laughs> It's a, yeah, the the dives to the outside while they're just like, not even like fist fighting or whatever. They're just like kind of holding each other up and swaying back and forth like that. I need more effort than that. I know, like it doesn't like I again. I've never been in a wrestling ring and had a large man jump over a rope at me, but I feel like I would be able to just kind of side eye him a little bit and keep throwing punches at the guy I'm fighting. Until the last second. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like, it's just that little bit of extra effort. And you know what, Travis? You don't need to have been in a wrestling ring. That's the benefit of the internet. We can talk shit however we want without knowing anything about it, without any context. I mean, exactly. Fuck you, TJP and <laughs> Ace Austin and Josh no, Alexander. No, no, not fuck you. They put out a really good match. But, uh, but yeah, I, I also like that kind of stuff. I no, don't think was there was good. too much of it. I really like the, the part where they were all kind of like, uh, what is it? Josh Alexander's in the leg lock, and then he manages to grab the other dude the and like like the ankle yeah. lock and stuff. Yeah, exactly. It was cool stuff, and I like um TJP's like what do they call it? The mumba slam or whatever. It's kind of like a a frog a mumba splash or whatever. It's like a frog splash where he just kind of goes under one leg like he's dunking a ball or whatever. That kind of looks pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it was good. Um, and I thought. He was the most interesting person to win as well. Uh, yeah, and Josh he Alexander. seems like the most. Sorry, he seems like the most 
kind of like he seems like the least X division dude there. Yeah, which which is cool because then it, it, no matter who he's versing, it's an interesting combination. Plus, TJP mm. just had it, and Ace Austin like had it for ages. So I feel like him having it is a, a real new cool spin on things. And now that the North don't exist and uh, Ethan Page is gone, uh, that'll be a cool new sort of run for him. So because I mean, really, you could put. You could put Alexander anywhere. Like, he could be in the world title picture, you know? So it's a good sort of placeholder for him. While, yeah. uh, it's interesting about Impact is that the X Division title doesn't really seem to be booked as the second title, if you know what I mean. No. It's more the weird kind of more high-flyer mental title. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, the TNT titles, the TV title, or the US title and the Intercontinental now have become, like the second place titles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, the... the, the X Division the, doesn't seem like that as much. No, no, it doesn't. It's always just like the balls to the wall opening kind of title, which is really cool, I think. It, it like, gives hmm. it gives them a way to start the shows with a bang all the time. Now, after that, in order, did it go to the big eight-man? I think it went to... Yes, I think it went to the eight-man cage match. It did. I've got this cool picture of like the entire lineup showing you here, but it doesn't. They're not in order. So well, cage match says that the next match was um, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, which it definitely wasn't. But I think it was the eight-man title next. Yeah. Oh, well, let's do that the anyway. Tag. So the big eight-man tag. It's all starting up, and they're saying that uh, Eric Young is injured, and who's going to be the big secret guy. I think it was probably not a huge secret that it was going to be Kaz XL who debuted under the name W. Morrissey, which I think is his real name. Um, Mm. And, yeah, he looks like he's been putting in work in the gym and was looking pretty huge. Though I did think when he came out, like, they sort of caught a look of his face and he had, like, a bit of a dopey smile on his face. I think they kind of caught him out of character just in the moment, like, happy to be there. And then he became an angry be boy very quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, I think after everything that happened in his career and you can kind of find all that stuff on the internet, I think he was kind of thinking he may not get another chance anywhere. So, yeah, he, he kind of looked legitimately happy and it looks like he's been working really hard. And I thought he – we will talk about this over text. Like, he looks legitimately huge. You forget how big all the WWE guys, like Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, all those dudes are huge. So when you see them, like, next to – like Cass, he he looks big, but he doesn't look big. And then you see him in this match, like with all the all the other guys, and you're like, this dude straight up. Besides, you know, Joe Deering or whatever, he's like straight up the biggest guy in this ring by a lot. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, that's what I, we were talking about. There's no one really big because uh, I haven't watched WWE in quite a while. I watch the pay per views, or I'll occasionally kind of follow along to what's going on. Um, but AEW and Impact, no big people around except Lance Archer, I guess. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking when he 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 jumped out, he walked over the top rope at one point, like did yeah. the big man uh-huh. kind of leg over the top rope. And I was like, it. I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> I don't I don't know if Lance Archer Lance does, does it. Or Lance he, always does it. Yeah. Maybe I just not noticed. I always yeah. thought Lance Archer does his little flip over the turnbuckle instead. Because mm. I think oh. he rolls over the turnbuckle, doesn't he? Oh, he does um, sometimes. Yeah, he kind of does both. He definitely goes over yeah. the top rope, though. But yeah, I've just it's weird, like seeing a guy that's, I mean, just a little bit taller than average in WWE, monster over these other dudes. But then, I guess it's interesting because it's wrestling's not 
big dudes beating the shit out of each other anymore. It's a bit more open and inclusive. No, sure, sure Michael's changed that for everybody. Um, mm. But, yeah, I thought the whole match, I mean, I could have taken leave in the match. The match, to be honest, like yeah. it, it was exactly what you thought it'd be. Uh, it was like a showing out party for Morrissey, and, and I thought he looked really good in the match. I thought, uh, you know, Willie Mack always looks good, um, and, and the like the others. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't have heaps to say about it, unfortunately. I don't think I saw. Chris Saban or Eddie Edwards get much in? No, um, they, they didn't really. Like they were there. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the Cowboy Jack Storm is always cool. But like, yeah. would, did Rhino do anything? Like, did he do a spear in the match or not? Like a, a gore. gore? Yeah, I don't think do he gore? gored anybody. Not a single gore in sight. Disappointing. Which is disappointing because he's got the best spear in the game. Yeah, yeah. One notice, uh, noticeable uh, laces and heels mentioned to Joe Deering just always rocking that fuck-off fur coat with a cowboy hat. That's a baller move. I mean, it shouldn't work, but I feel like it does. He pulls it off. It looks like a, an oil tycoon of some type. Anyway, uh, w- I, I think I texted you and said that uh, Kaz or Morrissey was my new favourite wrestler for finishing that match, so... It should give you an idea of the oh. rough quality. Hello. Guess what, Dad? Uh, yeah, you've called up and you're suddenly a uh, surprise guest on Faces and Feels podcast because we're talking right now. How you doing? Oh. Yeah, good. Yeah, no, I rang you last night and never got a, a call back. So, Sorry, yeah. I was asleep. Anyway, uh, you're, we're actually recording right now, so I'm going to ask you a quick wrestling question. Who's your favourite oh. wrestler of all time? Oh, of course, Stan Cole. Yeah, buddy, that's it. Of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, Dad, uh, what's going on? Uh, I need you to help me get my YouTube connected again. Oh, my God. This is not a question for a podcast. <laughs> this is a question for when I'm finished in like 30, 40 minutes. So that, That's it. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Exactly. No, I've got to go to, I've got to go up to X now. Oh, okay. No worries. Well, how about this? You give me a hell yeah, you hang up the phone, and then I'll call what? you back later. Very quickly. Oh, what wait, kind Travis. What Land Cruiser does your dad have? Oh, what type of Land Cruiser do you have? Travis wants to know. 79 series. Oh, Try back. Oh, beautiful. Travis has got a murder boner as we speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all good then. Okay. So, so give me a hell yeah, then hang up the phone. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. right. I'll call you back, Dad. Okay, bye. Yeah, love you, mate. Bye. Ciao. There you go. Didn't expect that. Didn't put my uh, phone on silent, and he instantly Bluetoothed into the podcast. That's my dad, everybody. I was trying to get him before when I did the uh, watching death matches with my dad episode. Didn't know he'd come into the podcast like that. So <laughs> hilarious. Uh, what were you even talking about? Uh, we were talking about the eight man finally finishing up and uh, Morrissey becoming my favorite, new favorite wrestler for finishing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. You were like, he's my favorite, <laughs> literally because he ended that shit show. <laughs> nah, to, to be honest, it was a it was a pretty good match. Like, I'd, I don't know if it was probably a pay per view match. It seemed like uh, the quality of AEW's kind of lesser multi man main event tags on a dynamite. But it was okay. Yeah. I mean, 
if the if the aim of that match was to get Morrissey over, then it did it. It did I mean, it. He, he looked great. He looks like a million dude. bucks. He's grown in like a, more of a proper beard. He's looking ripped to the gills and tanned to hell. So we'll I see saw a where comment he goes. saying that he looks like a cross between Edge and Test, and I couldn't really unsee it after that. Yeah, no, he's I would. I would hoped that his big boot was as good as Test's. Not mm. quite, but mm. oh well. He'll get there. He's just knocking off the rust. So, but yeah, Test used to have a great big boot. R.I.P. Test. Um, all right. That After sweet, that, sweet kick in the face. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we went on to Cardona versus Brian Myers. Now I'm just going to pop off for a second because I know that you went and I, cooked a meal. Yeah, I'm going to leave this one to you because I watched, I think, five seconds of this and then uh, I saw him. He knocked, uh, I think he knocked Myers out of the ring, mm-hmm. then leaned over to grab his hair and didn't grab his hair. So Myers had to stand up a little bit so he could grab his hair. Ugh. And I thought, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to go cook me some bacon and okay. eggs. Okay, so I didn't know Travis had left, and I went on a texting tirade. And I'm just going to read that out to everybody real quick. And I feel like that sums up my, my feelings real quick. I'm like, Cardona is so good-looking and athletic that it makes him boring. <laughs> Uh, like, there's no X factor. He has every single uh, thing it takes to be amazing in wrestling, but he just isn't. It's like mediocre excellence. He needs to ugly himself up, heel turn, grow his hair, something. And then literally as that happens, he injures his knee, like in the, sto- in the story, you know? And then Myers is concerned, and I'm like, holy shit, they're listening to me right now. The whole The whole premise of the match is that Myers came from WWE first to Impact, and then he's pissed off that Cardona has come, um, and he feels like Cardona is going to steal his spotlight again, like he has throughout their entire career because they're tag team partners. He's always like the better, cooler one or whatever. And so when Cardona injures his knee, <laughs> I'm a, like... What a horrible fate. Like, legitimately, like, that's a, a, a lovely motivation because what worse fate is there than to be overshadowed by Matt Cardona? <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's rough. It's rough. And so I'm like, okay, well, maybe they're going to do something here. And instantly it pops in my head. I'm like, okay, so this is Wrestling 101 and this would be really cool because guess what? They've tried to make Cardona or Zack Ryder a baby face everywhere and people like him and it's the woo-woo-woo and he looks great and it's like, yeah, blah, 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 but he never really gets anywhere with it because, like I said, mediocre excellence, yeah? So I'm like, okay, so he's hurt his knee. What if he's faking a knee injury? Then Myers, who's like, oh, fuck, he's my friend. I'm pissed off that he came here. I don't want the dude to be hurt. I'll help him up. And then he helps him up, and I'm like, oh, come on, Cardona. This is your time. Kick him in the nuts. He'll turn. Myers becomes the face like that. Double turn. Bang. People always want to do it. Bret Hart, Stone Cold, one of the best of all time. And then it turns out that Myers, who's the heel, was actually right. Cardona is a fucking douchebag. He is this handsome jock that steals all the spotlight all the time and then fucking, you know, and uses dirty tactics to win. And that, to me, was like gold. And I'm like, and then you also buy Myers as like the underdog, right? But then what they do instead is Myers gets him up, then Myers cheap shots him, and then he just wins to finally beat him. And I'm like, okay, cool. So everything remains boring as fuck Mm. is how I felt about it. And I got quite worked up. And then you return to like 50 texts of me botching (laughs) off. And I was like, I could have actually been interested in these two like – for once, you know, like, and then yeah. then you start having Cardona be this arrogant dickhead, 
uh, instead of like the people's kind of guy, which he's not because he's handsome as fuck. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could, you could do something with him and then if he's heel for long enough and people really hate him, then he could eventually become the baby face everybody wants him to be and like a champion of a company, you know, but instead they will just continue to do nothing. And it's, uh, it's annoying because I, I want the best for these guys because they're both super talented. Yeah. I, two things have tainted me towards mm-hmm. Matt Cardona the uh-huh. entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was when he showed up in AEW because I haven't seen him as Zack Ryder. Okay. I never saw Woo 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 or anything. What the fuck was that? I have no idea. This podcast is ruined, but I am just going to keep cruising on. Um, it was how red he was when he came out in AEW. Oh, he's very Eddie. red. He's a red and man. I, it just it weirded me out. It took me out of the moment. But then the second thing was someone saying that he's too much of a mark for wrestling, and he always looks just too happy to be there. And I think and, uh, I think that hurt him in WWE because I mean he sort of booked himself into the company with all his like Long Island IC stories and internet yeah. champion and kind of people liked him a lot and he was funny and he got into the thing. But then I don't think anybody in the companies ever took him seriously because he's like this, you know, well, action figure he- kind of nerd. And so I don't think the higher ups ever booked him that seriously. But he doesn't really seem to take it too seriously himself either he's just happy to be there wrestling and like and his drive seems to be to be a wrestler and he's done it so he doesn't seem to have any aspiration to be more and be a champion or be this or be that he's just happy enough to be there and i'm like well that's that's true like even his mantra's like always ready i'm always ready to like you know be a wrestler and be available when anybody's got like a shit spot to fill i guess but it's like dude like you should be always ready to fucking win, like, you know? Yeah. Like, and so I was like, that could have been a really cool opportunity for him to pull something there. And he came out wearing, like, Nasty Boys-inspired gear. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, and That's right. Like, I thought he'd stolen Brandon Cutler's dragon gimmick. You I did. I was like, wow, the shittest gimmick in AEW and someone's trying to rip it off. So then how kind of appropriate would it be if he finally pulls a heel turn and he's actually wearing Nasty Boys shit? You know what I mean? He's like... Mm. I'm going to learn from the people that anyway. I'm going to we're going to move on to the next thing, but it just it fucking pissed me off because it seemed to be a waste of time. And maybe maybe that'll change, maybe they'll do something with it, but it's just the same stuff and it, they'll continue to go on until, you know, Cardona wins and is the good guy and nobody ever cares about him still. So, yeah. Anyway, moving on from that, uh, we went to the women's tag team of Fire and Flavor, the champions, versing Jordan Grace and the newly uh, debuting Rachel Ellering. Um, I know everybody in this match can work. Uh, I really liked Rachel Ellering when she was in uh, NXT. Fire and Flavor are wicked. Jordan Grace is wicked. But I also needed to eat something. So I went and got breakfast. So tell me about the match, Travis. I mean, it was pretty good. <laughs> I think it ended a little bit weird, but there was some... Some of the most hard-hitting slams of the entire night seem to be in this match. I can't remember if it was Jordan Grace or Ellering. At one point, like, they had someone up to do, like, a sidewalk slam and then just threw them at the mat. And it it's looked fucking brutal. And I just thought, <laughs> oh, you heard everyone in the arena go, oh! And I was like... God damn. Well, well, I mean, there's nobody actually in the arena, but it was well, nice the, that they the, put the, the, pipe, the piped in uh, crowd. Went, the sound oh. guy on the soundboard was like, ooh. 
him and then like the millions of digital voices that are triggered off him going oh shit yeah yeah exactly it was a good match there was i think a over the top rope spot i i looked down for two seconds i think at a message from you and missed it and couldn't be bothered going back but it looked like the aftermath looked pretty nasty like someone got dropped on their head uh but then five seconds later someone else jumped over the top rope and they were both kind of there to catch them so i guess it wasn't too bad it was a pretty decent match. Like it, it wasn't amazing, but it was solid. And new champion, so a good way for yeah. Ellering to make her debut. And uh, Fire and Flavor have had it for a bit now. They were the first champion, so it gives a bit of a mix-up to the division. So that's interesting. Seems to be a little bit of a trend with Impact, I've noticed, over the last couple of months, is they pick up a new hire and very quickly catapulted to a championship. Belt. Mm. Give them yeah. one. Because how Diana Perosa was, she did the same, in the right? For yeah, yeah, a couple exactly. of months, and yeah, and then straight in. Diana's really good. We'll talk about her when we come back around. Uh, mm. After that was uh, probably my favourite guy in Impact right now, which is Trey Miguel uh, versus uh, the draw Sammy Callahan in a Last Man Standing match. Um, this Sammy was, Callahan's this was killer. Yeah, you loved thick. it. His music's wicked, eh? Like yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, I thought it was really cool. Everything, like, kind of in my eyes, like, no matter what's going on with Callahan and his rivalries, they always seem like one of the coolest things on the show. You know, he's mm. he's one of those guys that doesn't need a title. He cuts promos. He draws the best out of his opponent. He's always got some kind of cool stipulation on his matches. He's just always doing cool shit, like, all the time. Um, and, yeah, I feel like he knows how to do it, and I feel like this was a killer match. I feel like Trey Miguel is so talented, so athletic. Um, his kicks were fly as hell. Um, it was, like, <laughs> really good uh, and, like, a, a fun ending as well. Yeah, I was 100% expecting him to crawl to the other side of the ring and come and do some sort of, like, drop kick through the ropes or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of just the climb out next to him and do the cutter. Yeah, I, cool, I thought for sure as well because he he's also known for that like sliding knee like um, yeah. Canadian Destroyer he does as well. So that would have been oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen him do that? I think I actually have in a tag match when MS3K or whatever yeah. they were called was still in Impact. I think yeah, that yeah. Would have been when, like when they were the Rascals, yeah. Slammiversary or something. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Exactly. yeah. When all three of them. I think them. I did see him do that. Um, yeah. don't know how he would have pulled that off on that side of the ring, but that yeah. fucking, that grab to the balls looked brutal. That's yeah, <laughs> the wrench, the wrench in the mouth. Looked yeah, brutal. yeah, exactly. It was and it, like when he brought in the big road case and tried to get in with it, like he wasn't pulling any punches. He needed to get out of the way or he was getting run over by that thing. Like it was. That's, I mean, cool. like, how do you make that match look good without just committing to it? hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. Um, and, and that's what they did, and they killed her, and, yeah, the cutter through the table looked brutal and ugly. I was actually it sort did, of yeah. surprised it ended there, to be honest. I thought there'd maybe be a little bit more, but it, it made sense for the match. So I think that was totally cool. Speaking of... Uh, Unless it was a botch and they just had to call it there anyway <laughs> because one of the commentators... The commentators were pretty good at covering botches, I noticed, in this whole show because mm-hmm. there were a few. And there they, were, there were. They uh they did pretty well, but he they were talking about how Sammy went to get up from the table and slipped on the sweat, and I was like, mm, okay. Either way, sure. Yeah, I mean, it, he did, <laughs> I guess. But, uh, 
Exactly. Like, well, yeah, that, that's yeah, their that, that job, cool right? Match. To make it look good, but they did have a few botches to cover that night. Oh, just wait until we get into some of these later matches. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, okay, next up was the defending champions from New Japan Pro Wrestling, Finn Juice, uh, versus the Good Brothers. That's what a stupid name. Uh, David Finn. <laughs> yeah. The Good Brothers or Finn Juice? Uh, Finn Juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I really like. David Finlay and Juice Robinson, but uh, putting your names together does not a good tag team name make in my, my kind of eyes. But uh, I think they've been really good. Um, Finlay is like a different guy than who he was like in New Japan. Like he got injured and then he came back and stuff. And he's like a different dude, man. And in the... Quickly, I wasn't going to touch on the New Japan Cup, but in the New Japan Cup, he really showed out that was a big coming out party for him. Um and I'm excited to see what they do with him in singles action uh, yeah. in New Japan. Um, but has yeah. he turned around since he beat Jay, or haven't really before seen him? That. I haven't been watching. Oh no, no, he he had turned around before that. Like, okay. um, so he had become like a lot better before that. But that was yeah. like a real big one for him. Like that yeah. was that was huge. I, that was uh so I once it became clear that Minoru Suzuki wasn't going the distance for me, I kind of gave up on the New <laughs> yeah. Japan Cup. Yeah, exactly. And uh, him be- Finlay beating Jay White was one of the few ma- that was one of the kind of couple of matches that I did continue to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was very surprising. Yeah, I guess the baked in story is all there to kind of make sh- it. It's huge for Finlay, but doesn't mean as much for Jay. No, no, he's because finally got one over for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. Jay holds all these wins anyway and stuff like that, but it's just a huge coming out party uh, match for Finlay, which was really cool. And then also yeah. having like Osprey talking all this shit about him and then having him go all the way and push him to the limit. And then the person who beat him went on to become world champion. So he looks golden anyway, you know? So exactly. that's really cool. Um, uh, to talk about that, we weren't even going to talk about it. But as, uh, I mentioned that I kind of was a bit down on it at the end and stuff. Technically, I won the New Japan Cup, and I feel like I could Rakers. be... I'm technically the new Faces and Fields champion, but I've decided that I'm calling a run-in by social media and that I was fucked over for the title, and we're really just going to do it at G1. Like, it's, I retained, it's fun. I retained via disqualification, or we're having a new tournament because the belt is vacant. Oh. Could go either way. Maybe we... do. What do you think? Do you think we vacate the belt, or do you... Uh, I, I'm I mean, okay with I you mean, retaining. I, I feel like I'm the heel in this scenario, so a win by DQ is... Works for me. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I feel like there was a DQ. I feel like there was a run-in by social media. Uh, it all became a mess. Put a run a in, you mean a run-in by Will Ospreay, Oz Cutter, and B Priestley. Yeah, exactly all right. All the way out of New Japan. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And uh, all the arguments that happened around there kind of took the shine off it for me. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll just keep that as a G1 title. I realized as well when doing it like with the New Japan Cup, it's it's not really as fun. There's not as much matches. So I think it's really going to be a G1 thing. So anyway. I think I think you had won like four four nights in or oh, four, yeah. four rounds in. You were, you were eliminated. Like if anything, AB I only lost by one. so hard to my boy Cobb and um, Suzuki. Yeah. Me thinking Shingo was the never title. When you kind ending. of put it that way, you were so far out of it, I'm not sure you do retain by DQ. I think it's maybe vacated. What? 
What? <laughs> I mean, or is it, or is it uh, like I'm Kenny and I, I had the good brothers of Will Ospreay and B Priestley come in to yeah, run, well, yeah, run interference exactly. at the very end. I'm fine with you retaining. I, I think you need to defend it in a G1, so it's fine. Anyway. Uh, so the the match with the, these guys, it was good fun, man. I was actually really surprised with how it ended. I I thought for mm. sure Finjuice would just like lose it and go back to New Japan, and that would be it. Uh, or maybe there'd be like say interference by the newly heel turned Young Bucks or something like that, and then like uh, Kenny, Good Brothers, Young Bucks would have like all the titles, which I, I thought or, was where it was going. I mean, or is this going to be a kind of ongoing storyline where the Good Brothers are the only parts of the Super Elite. I think that's what they're called, the Super Elite. Is that what they're called themselves? The Super Elite? I, I, I think it seems so. like the I logical next step, yeah. Um, are they the only members who don't have gold? And it starts to drive the wedge between the Good Brothers and Kenny Bucks. Maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I mean, if they don't have gold, then you can lead to like a bit of shade between the Bucks and them and yeah. the inevitable oh, match between we're, the Good Brothers the best, and the Young we're Bucks. We're the best tag team in the world. Oh, are you though? Because like you lost in a roll-up to Juice Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> the shade! The shade! Um, I, I, I will give a, about this match though, um, it blends a little bit together. Juice Robinson's me. calves looked amazing once again. I don't understand his hair in that bandana. I don't understand the cars. I don't understand the entire setup. Uh, What I did understand was this is probably the performance I enjoyed by Gallows the most. Uh, Maybe ever. I mean, besides the cock torture stuff and things like that, obviously. But, like, he had David Finlay in the ring and was just mauling him, and it was really cool. Like, it was a, a really good example of, like, big heel holding down the baby face, like headlock, grinding him down, muscling over him and stuff like that. And I thought both guys made it look super believable. I thought Finlay looked like he was getting killed. I thought Gallows didn't look like he was putting him in a rest hold, like he was really working him. And I think Gallows has quite often got like a a lot of shit, especially when he was in New Japan as maybe not being like as good a worker or, or, or things like that. But I, I thought I, I thought he really, like, put on a good performance in this match. I've always thought, like, I, and I don't have the New Japan background or the kind of Impact or WWE background, but whenever he's turned up in AEW, I've always just thought he looks lazy. Um, like, he kind of throws his roundhouse kicks that don't look great in 80% of the time. Carl Anderson is good, but to be honest, kind of seems like a, most of the time seems like a bit of a shadow of his former self. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some of his old New Japan matches and holy shit, that dude can go. Yeah. I think I've seen like one or two AEW matches where he's gone crazy in. Yeah. Um, but then I think they were against like Ray Phoenix, which yeah, that dude makes everyone going, look... Going to bring you up to scratch, right? Insane. Yeah. But yeah, Gallows always just looks kind of lazy and and don't you reckon like in this one he, he didn't look like that at all like at one point no. he, he had him in the the corner and he's doing like the big undertaker style you know boxing punches to the body and putting his hands up and stuff and i was like man this dude looks hard as fuck like and he, he yeah. the whole match i felt like he looked like like he was working I, I feel like they all did i feel like all four guys really did put on a good match yeah so the it's, magic killer still thing a where shit you just kind of sit there and go why aren't you like this 
all the time. <laughs> like, I know it's a pay-per-view, so you kind of expect it to go a little bit more hardcore, but it's the same feeling I got when I finally went back and uh, watched Lance Archer versus Osprey. Yeah. And I thought, holy Sick, shit, right? where Sick. the fuck has this Lance Archer been yeah. in AEW? Yeah. Yeah, he was but, yeah. going so hard in that G1. That was his big coming out party, and he had when fire. He, he powerbombed Osprey at some point, and I saw the camera shake. And yeah. I thought, I've never seen that. Like, <laughs> obviously, the cameraman's like got his kind of elbows on the ring or something. But yeah, and and at that point shit. as well, like even the the Moxley match at Wrestle Kingdom, where he just like picked up a young lion and threw a man at Moxley. <laughs> like, you know, he was like, I haven't seen that one. I go, you, you should watch it, it, dude. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um, anyway. All right, but yeah. So anyway, yeah, this that, was a pretty decent talking. match. It was good. Yeah, very surprising. Ending. Yeah, and I guess it's just they're not done yet. You know what I mean? I, I, there's an, a story still being told. It wasn't a definitive win, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And I, I've enjoyed. Would you, yep. would you be interested in Young Bucks coming back to Impact and winning the Impact Championships? I mean, I'm interested in the the matchup of Finn Juice versus the Young Bucks. I don't care whether the Young Bucks win or not. They still need to do a bit more work before I'm like all the way back on board with the Young Bucks. But this heel turn's gone a long way. I. I mean, I, that very I've been first liking match, them as That very first match I thought was very good. Yeah. Them versus two two thirds of Death Triangle. I yeah. thought that was killer. In their Dior shit. Mm. <laughs> he liked it. All right, moving on. It is uh, the women's title match. Uh, Deonna Perozo versus Tennille Dashwood. Uh, I did say to you... Oh. I really forgot this existed, oh. and I'm really sad it's here. Uh, there, were, I was explaining to you about Tennille Dashwood, and at one point she was considered, like, the hottest new prospect, like, in NXT. Um, everybody was like, she's, you know, what women's wrestling is about. I personally feel like she hasn't improved since then, and that well, was, my- like, I don't know, a decade ago, uh, and I really I, I was not impressed by this at all. Oh yeah, my question to you then is: Has she has she gone back a couple of steps, or was this what she was the entire time? In which case, that is a horrible indictment of women's wrestling like ten years ago. No, no, it's she's exactly in the same spot. It's just wrestling came a lot further. Women's wrestling came a lot further. Uh, Like you know, we're talking when they were saying that about her. That was like divas era and stuff, you know. She was one of the first women along with like Natty Neinhardt and then Charlotte and all that that were women that could actually wrestle quite well. The kind of know? predecessor to the four horsemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so Which... and and good good on her and like she she definitely did do that, but I feel I don't know anything about her. I don't know her personally uh, or anything like that, but I feel like she is more of like a, an internet personality now than a wrestler, and I don't think her wrestling has grown because of that. Like, I feel like she's got other focuses, and I Ooh. feel like she's there because of like her Instagram following and things like that, not because of her work. I did see a post, uh, I don't know if it was on Instagram or Twitter or something, of Diona going, oh, it's surprising considering if you looked at her Instagram page, you'd barely even be able to figure out she's a wrestler, which... I, I saw that, and I didn't realize going into this match that Tennille Dashwood had been around as long as she had, and I thought she's kind of one of those girls who's just been dropped from NXT and Impact as Yeah, you thought she was a rookie. You're like, who's this and rookie shit? And I'm like, no, like she's been around years. forever, man. And there was one point... <laughs> there was a point, there's a point where I was like, man, like Anna Jay and 
some of the, like the super green chicks AEW look better than her. Diona carried. Is it Diana or Diana? Diana. Uh, Diana. Yeah, Diana. I can't remember. Peruza, Peruzo carried that match fucking hard. Oh, so hard. Um, <laughs> there was one part. I again texting you. Uh, Tennille does like a clothesline, or just two clotheslines <laughs> that were weak as vicious fuck. Yeah, and D-Lo's like, vicious clotheslines. I was like, don't make yourself look stupid. And then I <laughs> posted, you think that I was like, this is why your biggest <laughs> show ever, why would you book this shit? Why you want it to be the last thing that people sit through before the title match? I was like, Clapping back. I was so mad because I was like, dude, like, if you've got to have this match, if you, it needs to be Tennille versus uh, Diana. It's like, dude, like, it's not the match to go on before the title match because this is what people are going to remember about your women's division before the title match, you know, for anyone that's new that's tuning in. And she's not good, man. Like, Tennille. No. Is not Even good. Just her Any of the other ring. women that wrestled on this card before them are better, like yeah. straight up. Watching her move in the ring, and again, I say this as man who's never stepped foot in a wrestling ring, but I mean, that doesn't matter, so <laughs> whatever. Nah, but like, just the way she's, like her footwork seemed super... She's she out of place all the, the time. Yeah, exactly. Wasn't ready for what they were doing. It's awkward interchanges. It's like, you know... Oh, speaking of sorry, speaking of shit little moves that look very kind of uh, like the person doesn't know what they're doing. There's a point where Gallows threw one of Finn or uh, Juice into the corner in the match before this, and Anderson like kicked him in the arm. But it was like he jumped up and like tapped the dude in the arm when he's in the corner with his boot, and then Gallows ran in. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Oh, anyway. I, did, I didn't notice that. That was really weird. It was, <laughs> uh, that, that was the point where I was like, man, I feel like Anderson is really phoning it in this match. Yeah. yeah. I, anyway. I, don't, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, Dionna wins uh, like she should. Um, Tennille and Caleb with a K need to not be on the show anymore. Uh, and then we jumped to the main event, which was very exciting, I thought. Uh, I thought Rich Swan did a really good promo leading up to it. I thought Don Callis mm. did. Um, and, it, and it felt like a, a big money match, you know? Everything that didn't touch a turnbuckle was great. In the lead up and in this match was amazing. <laughs> Moro Ronaldo coming in. Uh, he did say epical at the beginning. To be I honest, thought, I, I could do I've, without Moro. I don't. Terribly You're not care. a big fan? Nah, I mean, I, he's, I like his enthusiasm and stuff, but I don't think like he was needed to make this more special. And to be honest, I feel I like mean, he, he kind of like took away who, from me. Like you know, I felt like he was the only one who had like a little bit of enthusiasm because mm. Striker and Delo are pretty decent, but they very they're very laid back. I thought. Yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I felt I, like it needed a bit of energy, but in which case, why not just bring in fucking Excalibur? That dude can be pumped as fuck. Yeah, exactly. But you when know, he, wants to be. he did he did fine, and I guess you know he's got a big fight match up kind of voice. So whatever, yeah. um, it was cool. I yeah, and I, did, I, I thought this match was good. Yeah, but Rich Swan could not complete a move off those turnbuckles. Like oh, no. at any point, there yeah. was like three of them that were like botched. Like 
Yeah, I think there was like there was going to be some sort of power bomb, or I don't know exactly. Like the very first one where Kenny he just kind of flipped Kenny back over, and Kenny looked like he kind of landed on his head. And I thought, mm. I don't think that was how that was supposed to go. No. Nah. And then the I guess what was supposed to be reverse Poison Rana. Has that got a new name by the way, Poison Rana? Uh, sometimes I feel like there's a new name for Poison Rana, but uh, I can't it, remember. Is it Dragon it Rana? Like was... I don't know. There's there's a few different kind of names to call it. I thought Dragon Rana was the um to the front, and then you flip and pin oh. the old uh, Rey Mysterio. Now that's isn't that Hurricane Rana? I don't know anymore. I don't know. There's too many we should, we anyway. should be talking about the shit. Look... We're not calling matches. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like he went for a Poison Rana and yeah. failed, and then oh man, for the most part. I th- there was a few points where, and like I've seen Rich Swan cop a lot of shit on social media, as just like this is the guy you choose to be your champion, and I was like, man, dude looks like he can work. Like I've seen some pretty cool shit from him, and then there was a bunch of points in this match where I thought, eh, yeah, maybe exactly. I like, when whenever he was on the ground or amazing, like there was a lot of cool shit, but yeah. I mean, just overall, I thought Moose, I thought, like, when I've seen the few outgoings, the few kind of showings of him, I thought he was top quality. Um, There's been a couple of other people in Impact where I've thought they seem like far better wrestlers. And I guess, I don't know, Rich was off for an injury for a long time. I think um, that's the exact reason why Moose didn't win. Because whoever yeah. was holding it was the guy that's going to lose, like to Kenny yes. Omega. Like Rich, as good as he was doing, like again, I thought he was doing a good promo, and he's gone a long way of sort of rebuilding himself in my eyes. You know, like I kind of just was like, oh, he's two hundred five guy, whatever. And I feel like by the time he was standing across the ring from Kenny Omega, I felt like he was the champion. I feel like that was good. But at there the same time, I knew he was the transitional champion. Like that was the way. There it was were legitimately be. a couple of times where they tricked me into thinking that Rich might actually beat Kenny, mm. and I I was like, surely not. When Kenny goes to hit him with the chair, yeah, and Aubrey, that 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 fucking annoyed me because Aubrey's standing behind Kenny for like twenty seconds, shaking her head like, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 and then Rich is taking his sweet ass fucking time to stand up, yeah. And it just makes Aubrey look like a fucking moron. But when he she takes the chair and then Kenny's got his back to Rich, I was like, that was when I messaged you. I think you had to take a phone call at this point. And I messaged you and I said, please don't let this thing end with a fucking roll No, you did. You did. Rich Swan. <laughs> that, that exact oh. moment I had to pause the, the stream for myself because we got a phone call. Like I said, we're all in lockdown. Me and my wife have gone and had our COVID test. We don't often like just answer to random numbers. Kind of, you know, you let it go. But at the moment, if you've been diagnosed with COVID, they call you. So we ring and we get this guy who's like, hello, is that Amy Hunter? And she's like, uh, yes, it is. And he's like, uh, I'm calling on behalf of Mark. I wanted to know if you'd be his reference for, like, it was like one of, one of his, her staff members, like, needing a reference for, like, a house. And so we were, we, were like, we were like, well, because uh, he, he's moving to Melbourne. 
Like, so it was oh, somebody okay. in Melbourne, like, for a rental, you know? But we were like, this is the dude going, I'm sorry to inform you that you have COVID-19. Like, and so, hence why I paused it and was, like, yeah. not, not into it. And I'm like, so this dude with the reference straight up ruining the finish of this match for me. I um, know. And what a roller coaster of emotion, like, having to pause and then thinking you might have covid then realising you don't have COVID, but Rich Swan may have won via roll-up. Yeah, I know. And then I come back and it's just over, which Rich Swan had won, so that would have been a nightmare. Um, but, yeah, yeah so um, I, I thought there were some good false finishes at the end. I thought the the kind of V-trigger massacre that took place at the end, yeah. and like holding his face in, like, Eddie Edwards and... and the drool. Yeah, and... and and Max face and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, it looks savage. And I thought, like, Rich was doing great selling and stuff. But, yeah, he pins him clean as a sheet and, and that's it. Uh, and it goes off the I'm, air with Kenny as the new champion. First ever AEW Impact TNA champion. So, or Triple A champion. Four, ends up with four titles by the end of the night. So, that's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, triple, legit triple champ now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm treating TNA and Impact titles as as the same thing. Yeah, one exactly. belt. I was yeah. honestly surprised to see the TNA Championship today because I did watch the match with Moose and uh, and yeah. Swan, and I was under the impression they were just like meshing them. Like I thought, yeah, I don't know if they're uh, like I'm guessing they are meshing them, but it's like when in WWE, I think the I haven't watched it, but looking back, I think the WWE. Um, like the the Rocks kind of WWE belt that he yep. brought back after the Spinner title got mm-hmm. fucked off. Yeah, yeah. And and the big gold belt when you had both of them and that was the undisputed or the WWE Championship. It was both belts and they hadn't been unified into a new design yet. Yeah, I kind of took it that way. Well, I th- I think the the look they're wanting for this new belt collecting Kenny Omega is him carrying around all the time. So <laughs> well, uh, when, they're uh, getting when as many Super belts Dragon, as they can. Sorry, yeah. not when Super Dragon. Was it um, Thunder not Liger. Super Dragon? Liger, yeah. When he had his 10 belts, like weren't like seven or eight of them actually one belt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all like one title kind of thing. And he's walking in and he's carrying a ton and he's just got a legion of like women carrying in the other belts and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's what they'll be going for. Um, I'm surprised to not see the AAA title. They should be bringing that around. I'm guessing... It's in Mexico. <laughs> I'm guessing AAA don't like or don't have the agreements with everyone else. Yeah. I've heard that AAA and is it CMLL? Yeah, mm-hmm. have a lot of heat between them. Yeah, um, okay. I thought that like oh CMLL else, uh, hooked up with New Japan. Yeah, New uh, Japan in a big way. Impact or something. But I I thought that there was some sort of common thread there where they were like, hey, we don't want to be involved in your shit because of like the legit like fucking cartel heat or some shit yeah. between. So like AAA the AAA belt can definitely be on AEW, but it can't be on Impact. Yeah, I don't think he's ever turned up on it with... He's had it on AEW before. He's had it on Has Dynamite. He? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he defended it, like, in the first couple of months of AEW, but I don't mm. think I've seen it since. I feel like I saw it not that long ago. But yeah, I don't know. I might be mixing it up. But anyway, I, um, I guess the the last question we'll look at before wrapping this up, because we're already going a little bit longer than we wanted to, is what's your prediction for where it goes next? I don't know. Like, when Ibushi was still the champ, I kind of thought, hey, this is going to go all the way to New Japan. Now I don't really know. Like, Ring of Honor don't seem to be involved at all. Um, 
NWA, I th- I read something in the comments of the Rebellion live stream that Nick Aldis has apparently shit-talked the whole belt collector angle. Um, and, I mean, it's Nick Aldis, so who the fuck cares anyway? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like Nick Aldis, guess- but, yeah. I'm surprised he would because, like, he was on All In and stuff and he is, like, friends with all those guys, so I'm surprised he would do that. Again, this is a comment in a live stream, but yeah, okay, there was a yeah. couple of people talking about it and no one was refuting it, so... Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's just Nick Aldis kind of marking out for himself and wanting to believe that his world championship means more than all the other world championships. But I don't I, know. Maybe it would if it was like showing up on other shows. But, uh, you know, it's got a lot of history behind it. But when it's only on power on YouTube but held by him, then it doesn't really I mean, hold what, as much steam. What better way to get people? I mean, Impact, I can't. I mean, Impact, I think it's a little bit less obvious uh a rub that they're associated with tna but nwa like what have they been doing for the last couple of years nothing there they were the last to come back to production um maybe because i don't really have crowds anyway (laughs) maybe there's some sort of backstage shit going on because i've heard that thunder rosa hates being signed to to nwa and apparently she's just counting down the days until she can properly sign with aw really I don't know. But, I mean, like, you've got Serena Deeb showing up all the time with the NWA title, yeah, so exactly. why not, they why can't not have that much Nick hate. turn up? Yeah, exactly. Well, well we're, I, I guess we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I think you and I were we were sending back and forth. We're like, if it was, like, I'm not sure if it would go this way, but if it was to go all this way, where does the New Japan World well, yeah. title sit versus all of this and versus Kenny? And, exactly, because uh, I asked you, mm-hmm. do you see Omega versus Osprey, and had they set up any serious challenges, which you replied, the Shingo, and then next in line is... Okada. So the question is, do are they fast-tracking this? Like, do is there a chance that New Japan would even... Like, I know that Kenny had a bit of a rough falling out with them, but is there a chance they're leading towards the Tokyo Dome and are they, they leading towards Okada gets the belt back, he's waiting in the Tokyo Dome, in comes Kenny Omega with all these other belts and then they have uh, the rematch? I mean, do you have... All right, so I guess that's like a backstage thing which we'll never know the answer to, but I know that the old owner of New Japan was apparently not quite as respected as current management. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was it Harold May? Harold May. Yeah, exactly. May. Yeah, because he, he was a Gaijin president. So, yeah, he, he got a bit of heat and ended up getting dropped in the end. I thought they actually did a pretty good job while, while May was in charge. Oh, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly the whole backstage politics, and I don't know what went on. But, like, it seems like Kenny and Bucks got a bit of a slap-in-the-face offer and then decided to bounce as a result. Yeah. So was it like their heat um, was more with May than with New Japan? I don't know. Like, well, that's that's what my question is. Is there were the other people like with the ghettos and everything of New Japan understanding of Kenny and that bailing, mm-hmm. or was it all Harold? I don't know. I mean, who knows? We'll. I guess we'll see in the next few months where this goes because, I mean, they, the amount of times they've mentioned New Japan and the amount of times Kenny has specifically called out Abushi, yeah, I don't know. You're not you're not doing that if the relationship hasn't been repaired in some yeah. some way, you know. So there is a chance. So I don't know if we're going to see 
Tokyo Dome, uh, you know, Kenny Omega and the Tokyo Dome again. But if we did, it'd be the biggest match in the world right now. Like, That'd be straight up. enormous. Exactly. Yeah. Even Osprey versus Omega would be huge, but Okada versus Omega rematch would be unbelievable. I mean, I feel like that's the... That's the end goal, right, of, this, like oh, of this whole that, thing. That's where you want na- to get to. Narratively, I think that makes the most sense, and I would think that Kenny would agree because he seems to be coming at this from the whole, like, the longer story term uh-huh. telling kind of thing. If it, was, if it was a couple of other people who were the person involved in this angle, I would think they just want to be the big man with the belts. But yeah. Kenny doesn't seem to give a shit, I mean, about that aspect of it. Yeah. In every interview I've ever seen with him, in every kind of non-kayfabe kind of thing I've ever seen from him. He doesn't seem to care about being the big man with the belt. No, no. He se- he seems definitely more story-driven in in yeah. everything he does. So, and I mean, and where does this story go? When when Ibushi had the belts, I, I was kind of sitting there thinking, man, does this even get to the point where it's Ibushi versus Omega? Because that feels like it doesn't need belts Yes, for the to add uh-huh. to the stakes. Yeah, Kenny and Okada though. Okada kind of coming back from like how long has it been since he was champion? Has he had the belt since? Ibushi um, had him. No, has he had the belt since Kenny beat him? I don't know who's been champion. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. He he had the belts. He lost. Oh no. Who who beat Kenny? So uh, Os- Tanahashi so, uh, beat Kenny. Jay yeah. White beat Tanahashi. Uh, then Kota Abushi. No, oh, no, Naito beat Jay White, was it? Or did Okada beat Jay White and then Naito beat him? Yeah, Okada I beat. Think I think Okada beat Jay White. Naito beat Okada. Then Naito was champion. He got beaten by Evil. Then he got it back. Then he lost it to Kota Abushi, and then. Then Kota Bushi so, lost it to Will Ospreay. So, That's right, right? I think right, so. so. Either yeah, way, no, no. Okada hasn't had the belt for, what, 18 months at this point? Yeah. I'm guessing it was Wrestle Kingdom 2020 he lost I to think, Naito. Yeah, yeah. Because that was when the double dash was on, wasn't it? Yeah. Night I, I think you're was, right. He, I don't he, think he's had it since he lost it to Naito. Yeah, so, not, so he... So he got the Intercontinental belt on night one, then he beat Okada on night two. So I can kind of see that as, like, Kenny had... The, the rough start, I guess, if you want to call it that, in AEW. It took him like a year to kind of get to the main event scene, win the belt. Okada, similar kind of story. He's back on top after however long it ends up being. And then the two kind of come back for like we're the best in the world legitimately. Look at all these belts I have. Yeah. I'm the best. Okada says, you've beaten me, what, once? Yeah. <laughs> Out of four showings so far. Who who won their G1? Ken, Kenny's beat him twice. So, right, Ken, so Kenny so beat him in the, in the G1, and then he beat him for the title. All right, so it's two for two at the moment. Surely that's, like, if it's two for two, I thought, I thought this was three to one. If it's two for two, surely there's going to be around five at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's been four, right? It's been four. Yeah, one, yeah. two, three, four. There yeah, was yeah. the first match Kenny then, lost. Then there was there Dominion. Was the second match, which was the tie, actually, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the tie at Dominion. Then there was the G1 match where Kenny beat him in like the under 30-minute type match. And then there was the two out of three, four. So, yeah. 
so to speak. So Kenny's so Kenny's actually up technically. Uh well, yeah, actually, it's, technically, because the draw two, doesn't one. count. Yeah, exactly. Oh shit! There oh, you go. Okay. Oh, okay. I I can see I can see that being the future of where this goes. Osprey, I mean, he seems like a transitional champion. I've heard very little kind of about his reign. Maybe that's just because Osprey is a very controversial figure. Yeah. <laughs> but he he doesn't seem to be kind of getting a lot of attention as champion. So it's odd that they cut Ibushi's reign so short, but. I think he has a legit injury that he's taking time away for. Oh, really? From what I've read. I didn't know Apparently. That. Yeah, okay. I thought, yeah, I thought that there was kind of some angle that they were taking time off for. Yeah. Well, when you look know. at like the Osprey stuff, it is very like, um, kind of like they did with Evil. It's like Osprey, new heel faction, give him that steam, main champion, and then whatever's going to happen next, you know? So... Anyway, we're... And then Jay White comes back from New Zealand. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, Jay White's back. Jay White's there. He's just not doing anything. He's, uh, he's currently... That's what I mean. We're waiting for Osprey's version of Jay White to come back. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. So, Is it show Okada? to Umino. There we go. But, uh, oh. but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, seeing Jay White versus Tanahashi for the Never Open Weight. I think that's going to be cool. Anyway, we're well and truly off track at this point. We're now talking about New Japan instead of Impact. Uh, anyway, at the end of the day, I had a good time watching that this morning. Um, it was a bit of fun to, to start my Monday lockdown public holiday. And and I think you had fun too. So thanks for jumping on it, like no notice. Yeah. Thank you for Worth everybody. bucks. Yeah. Exactly. Jeez, Australian prices, right? Um, (laughs) Thank you to everybody for tuning in. Thanks for everybody being patient. I try and keep a pretty good schedule and and unless something like, you know, pandemics gets in the way, I tend to succeed uh, in getting out the episodes. I've got a few cool episodes on the way. I'm screaming towards episode 50. Um, So be sure to check that out. Uh, The guest that I've got lined up for that is... Somebody that uh, really inspired me when I was looking to start this podcast. So I'm very excited about doing that review. So, uh, Travis. Feels. Yeah. Exactly. It's going to put the feels in the faces and feels, hopefully. So, Travis, thank you again. uh, And we will get into. Uh, the G1 Championship uh, League again pretty soon. <laughs> Coming yeah. the new year. I'll see you, we'll sort of that entire again, title mess. G1 comes back. Exactly. I'm sure we've got way more to talk about anyway. There's heaps to catch up on with AEW. We've got double and nothing coming up. So heaps blood of stuff. Guts. Yeah, blood and guts. There's, there's plenty of us to talk about. There's too much wrestling to talk about. So everybody, thank you for listening. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, and Remember, if you've got any ideas uh, for topics you'd like us to talk about, if you'd like to be on the show and you're a performer or a content creator, uh, send me an email, facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Peace out, Travis. Adios. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This has been Faces and Feels. Check us out on social media, at Faces Feels Cast on Instagram, at Faces Feels Cast on Twitter, or send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. Until then, peace out.